When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Kulays. Welcome to the Barca Talk Cafe. I am your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in Madrid, Spain. Usually, Mariana Guzman of Conexión Deportiva joins me, but unfortunately, we had a scheduling conflict. So today we have a special guest in the cafe. If you're in Barca Twitter, you certainly follow her. She's a fellow dog lover. Diana Christine joins me. Diana, ¿qué tal? ¿Cómo estás? Hi, uh, I'm very well, thanks. Just, you know, so glad the transfer window is over. I mean, how happy are you? Is it is it the worst thing for you in football? It's not, I mean, I don't have a problem, you know, with transfers and stuff because obviously clubs do transfers and I'm fine with that, but there's just so much noise around them. And like the fact that Gerard Romero had 150,000 people yesterday watching him saying that there's going to be a surprise signing, it's just insane to me. Like, why would I be watching a man saying something for hours on end. Yeah, it's, it's just... pretty it's pretty crazy. I, I unfortunately Diana, I was one of them. I had it in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I had it in the back. I had nothing to do last night. So I had it in the background, but I wasn't fully paying attention. And on top of that, Diana, uh, El Chiringuito had 12 hours on Twitch yesterday. <laughs> so the stuff is pretty madness, you know. And I don't know if that's, that's my good. point. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's good to have this kind of uh access, you know, like on Twitch and so forth lining up these rumors or how we had it before where we were just kind of following on Twitter and secondhand knowledge. I don't know. It, it, to me, like you said, Gerard Romero last night was the, definitely the star of the transfer Barcelona window last night. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No and he just kept saying things are happening, things are happening, and nothing happened, right? I mean, it's not, I don't, I don't blame him and I don't have anything against him. I just find the whole phenomenon hard to understand. Like he, has his job he does his job extremely well he's very well informed i assume by somebody in the club he knows the players uh, from the academy so i assume he has sources in the dressing room and stuff but like i just i can't do that i mean i can't be that involved in this stuff anymore i don't know it just it seems too exhausting to me 
Like, yeah, just yeah. tell me when it's done and I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. And I and I forward you a great Twitter graphic that kind of gives us all the salidas, all the left, yeah. the signed and the renovation. And, you know, at the beginning of the summer, Diana, I was kind of skeptical of what Barcelona were going to be able to do. But I would have to say, with looking at what has happened, I would have to say this is definitely a success, especially just all the movement of players that were not impactful. Any of these signings that you would point to immediately and say, yes, this is the one that I would point to as being the most successful signing for this summer? Basically, the most important thing in football is scoring goals. So I would say that getting Lewandowski is definitely something that will help us immediately. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of the transfer when it, the rumors first started. I was like, you know, it's a lot of money for a player that's going to play for like, what, two or three years. But, you know, if, given his shape and stuff and the fact that he's in such great form, I don't know, he maintains himself physically very well. So maybe it would last for longer. And even if it doesn't, having a player that will score you the goals that we lost last summer when we lost both Messi and Griezmann. That's huge because that was like 50 goals gone out the window in one moment. So you need players that can score goals because we were last season, a bunch of our games started basically with us a goal down. And I feel like with Lewandowski, in a way, we're starting them all a goal up. And that makes a huge difference because this is still a team that throughout the season will be in construction. Xavi is still a young manager who has to figure stuff out. But it's very, very, very much easier to figure stuff out while you're winning than while you're trying to put out fires because you drew or you lost or whatever. So I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, it's a really good point. And, you know, especially having those early leads, it gives you less pressure, right? It, we saw that in the Rio match, especially. And then especially in the last two matches where we were able to get some immediate scoring. And like you, I wasn't the biggest fan immediately, but man, it is a nice luxury to have a super gifted number nine. I mean, you saw the goal this past weekend, the way he was able to outstretch and then the back heels. I mean, and also I didn't think he was going to integrate with the team as well. And I mentioned this in the previous podcast. He also looks really, really happy being at Barcelona. Do you see that as well? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, he definitely wanted to leave Bayern. I didn't expect that to happen. So, I mean, so vehemently wanting to leave Bayern, like the man was determined, get me out of here. And uh, then that he would come and he would integrate so well and seem so happy to be here and not just happy to be here, but after his goals and during the game and stuff, you could constantly see him talking to players and saying, I want this ball here. You should stand there. I want this to happen. I want that to happen. Like he was constantly giving instructions. And for a team that is as young as Barca's team is now, that is extremely important to have a player like him leading the line, who is so dedicated to his fitness, to, to his game, who will help everyone and give instructions to people around him and give advice and stuff. It's just amazing. And like you, I was also not expecting this to happen because I have to be honest, other than them beating the hell out of us in Champions League games, I don't really watch Bayern. So <laughs> I had no idea that he, this was the kind of person that he was, you know, except for the goals. 
again, in these summer transfer windows, there was 19 salidas. I mean, that's pretty incredible. And I think I just want to point out to two main ones because I think they really represent kind of the Bartomeu era hope and also bad transfers. And that's Coutinho and Ricky Puig, right? So Coutinho goes, he's in the EPL and Ricky Puig goes to MLS. I think by really moving those players and on top of like Umtiti and Luke de Jong and Adama and all these players that kind of came in in the last two and a half seasons, I think those are really good signs going forward to hopefully get financially more stable with our signings, but also just to be able to get rid of the dead weight that was not happening. What about Coutinho and Ricky Puj? I know, I don't know how your feelings about Ricky Puj. You know, I was kind of sad to see him go, but he's, you can already see playing time impactful in MLS already scored a goal and also Coutinho staying at Aston Villa. First off, with the Coutinho thing, I'm so very glad that he went there and performed immediately and they decided to activate his buy clause and we negotiated and it was all signed down before his form went to crap again because if they would have waited until the end of the season, we would have been screwed. There's no way that they would have taken him, but they got excited after the first couple of games. Oh, oh, this is the guy for us. We're taking him. God bless you, Aston Villa. <laughs> so true. So true. And again, you know, with Ricky Puj, right? After four coaches, you know, that were unable to, four managers that were unable to see the light with him, uh, Barcelona move him. And again, also, I mean, I'm just really impressed of kind of the, the players that we were able to move out. And I would have to say, you know, overall, this is very surprising because I, I just, Diana, I just didn't see this many, this much movement coming this summer. It's been extremely busy, like, because for the last, I don't know, last summer was basically the same and in the winter. And it seems like we've been trying to push people out the door for so long and it just wasn't happening. So when it happens, it feels miraculous somehow. In regards to Ricky, you know, he was the first uh, young player that all of us got really excited about when he first came along because he's older than the new guys now. And he came along and he was young and excited and uh, exciting and fresh and he didn't have all the bad stuff that had happened before. So, you know, everybody get ex- gets excited about academy kids. But then it just never really kicked on and I'm I'm not sure exactly what it was there's a whole bunch of speculation both on and off the field that I don't want to get involved with but anyway the conclusion was that with all the managers that went through it never really kicked on so he had to go for you know for his career it got to got to a point where it was basically like Jonathan Dos Santos god bless him Great, you know, great, great callback, great callback. I mean, that's the thing, right? Is I feel also because of his physical stature, I think a lot of Kool Aids can identify with Ricky Puj easier, you know. And I think they can see themselves like, oh, we just need a chance, Diana. We yeah. just need a chance, you know. We'll, we'll perform, and ultimately, you know, we just had to move on on him. Now, the next thing I want to get into is the fullback situation. Uh, you know, we bring in Marcos Alonso on a free. We bring in Bellerin. Uh, who else? Um, now we have Balde. My first question for you, is Jordi Alba going to be okay by having this competition on the left back with Balde and Marcos Alonso? I mean, Jordi Alba has never been okay with having competition <laughs> and not playing. So, I mean, the, the man got upset when he wasn't playing in a back three. What can yeah, I tell yeah. you? Yeah. You know, so he's definitely not going to be okay, but, you know, that's just life. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's it's very rough to say this because, you know, last season... 
by the end of the season and stuff, he was actually like not terrible and he contributed an attack and was useful. And, you know, it was just Jordi Alba things. But we definitely need to move on in the sense that there's just a lot of bad blood attached to a lot of players. And I feel like regardless of how they perform, there's always that in the background. And Balde is young and exciting and look at him go and look at him run and it's also fresh and new and he's doing really well and i honestly wasn't expecting xavi to bench alba because you know we talk about you know the old guard and the players like Piquet and busquets and stuff but he's younger than them so it's not it's definitely not the same generation he's only 31 and so i, I he was like not the one i was expecting to be benched but I guess Balde really impressed Xavi in preseason and in trainings because there he is starting the last couple of games. So I'm not no. that excited about uh, Marcos Alonso because he performed best as a wing back. Are we going to play three at the back? What's going to happen? He can't defend just like Alba can defend. So I don't know, but it doesn't seem like an upgrade or anything. Yeah, it's definitely not an upgrade. I just think it gives a little bit more flexibility for Xavi in the formation on there. But also, like, I'm I'm just not a fan as well. I just think Marcos Alonso has passed his prime. And again, I think, you know, as Kool-Aid, we've been really lucky with these fullbacks who have been really good at attacking. Obviously, Alba and Danny Alves are the Hall of Fame that we always look at. But again, fullbacking is really difficult, you know. And I think this idea that we always have to have a fullback that is supremely defensive and also attacking is this idea that is new, odd, extreme, and an outlier, you know? And I think this idea, you know, I, when you say 31 with Albay, that still baffles me because I feel like he's 37 or 42, you know, the way he kind of acts as like an old man on the team, you know? But again, I think the Baldy thing, the Balde thing, I think is good because if Chavi's already using him, that's putting pressure. And I think Balde also obviously is very green. So he's going to want to really put the pressure on Alba, especially when he's backtracking on defense. I mean, we've seen that a couple of times on counterattacks where Balde is definitely more into follow, more plugged in to run down that sideline, whereas Awa may jog uh, in prior games, this type of idea. I think, you know, ultimately, you know, there's competition there, so that's good. That's going to push Alba, and hopefully we'll see less of Alba or maybe the best of Alba when he does play. Because like you said, I, I don't – it's such a, a weird phrase to say he wasn't bad, right? I mean, we expect more from Alba. And I just think that sometimes he gets exposed and I think having this pressure is really going to help. But again, with Marcos Alonso, I want to get to the other side, the right side, because I really don't know that much about Bellerin. Like I've, you know, I know him from Sevilla. I thought he was older than he is. He's 27. What are your expectations? Does he immediately become the starter on the right back? I don't know. The the Bellerin thing is really weird for me because mm-hmm. all summer, they, the profile that they've been looking for at right back has been basically the opposite of Bellerin. Like we were looking at John Foyt. They have they have absolutely nothing in common. One is a defensive right back, the other one is basically a wing back. So mm-hmm. I guess that Bellerin was the solution they found on the in the last couple of days when they decided that we didn't have any more money to spend on a right back. So we had to get someone, a warm body. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing, right? I think with Bellerin, I, I, I'm kind of mixed about it because he doesn't excite me, and I and I don't know how much of a uh, of a huge upgrade it is over, let's say, Sergio Roberto, right? Like, I know, like, yes, people are going to be like, yes, he's a, an immediate upgrade, but again, I to me, he doesn't 
push the needle either way, left or right. Obviously, I want to see him play and, and maybe get a better judge of that because I haven't really seen him play that much. You know, I was just looking at his scouting. I mean, he had six assists last year. Okay, that's great. Um, but again, I'm I'm curious to see how he's going to integrate with this team. And again, uh, I just don't know if it's lazy scouting by going after Bellerin and not Foyth because I was more excited about Foyth. I don't know about you because I just thought he was going to be a more solid right back. It, it's a different thing. Do we want that right back profile to be defensive? That's the question. I do. I do. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> well, you do. And for most of the summer, it seemed like Barca was thinking the same way because they were talking about, I mean, he kept playing Araujo at right back and then he played Kunde at right back and then he was looking at Foyt. And now we're getting Bellerin? It's not that, you know, maybe one, some of them will play in some games, some of them will play in other games, you know, horses for courses. But right now, I don't know. I'm not that excited about Bellerin, but, you know, it's a one-year contract, so at least he gets to live his childhood dream and yeah. stuff. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, it goes back to Lewandowski as well. Is You know, as long as he's healthy, we should be leading games early and hopefully putting more pressure on opponents where – the counterattacking defense is not going to be on pins and needles, right? As we were in the last two seasons or three seasons. So uh, I want to get to a quick question we have from one of our patrons from Barca Mama. Uh, she said she has a question about winning now and patience as a Kool-Aid, right? And her question is, my question is now that transfers are over, we have all these new players in the team. Will people give them time to acclimate to Barca? We have seen it in the WhatsApp chat. We have a private WhatsApp chat where people are expecting, in my opinion, way too much, way too soon. Very frustrating to me. I know we want to win it all, but some of these guys have been here for five minutes and people are ready to write them off. So I know this is, I think this is kind of like an older generation, new generation thing. I like patience. I like building the team. So I'm okay with waiting. But I know, as we've seen with the transfer window, pulling the palancas and everything, we are in a win now situation. What is your opinion on this idea about writing players off so quickly, giving them time to acclimate, especially to a big team like FC Barcelona? I generally don't like writing players off uh, before they even come through the door, basically, because I think that Barca is an extremely difficult place to come in the first place. It takes time to, you know, get to know your fellow teammates and how you make your runs and how they can find you with the ball and all kinds of stuff. You know, all the relationships that happen on the pitch and that take time to build. So I'm definitely in favor of giving this time. But at the same time, this summer, there was a major investment made. There was a lot of money put in, not just for, you know, the transfers and stuff. I mean, the palancas were pulled for many different reasons. But mainly, the main story was that we were getting these players and we were buying all of these guys so that we could win, so that we could have a team that would compete, so that we could build excitement excitement which we have seen in the games that have been played at the camp now and that have been attended in way bigger numbers than last season because people want to see this team so 
I don't think it's very important that we like win the Copa del Rey or something, but I think that it's important for this team to play well, to score goals, to be fun, to make people want to watch it, to make people want to go to the stadium, to make tourists want to visit Barcelona to watch a game at the Camp Nou again. This is all very important for the future of the club. I mean, this is very cynical, but this is made in order to make money. So... I don't think it's extremely important to win, you know, like every game, but I think it's important for the club to be excited, for the team to be exciting and to have good vibes around it and to make people want to watch Barca football. So quick question, or who's the player you wrote off the quickest? Probably Douglas. <laughs> God bless him. He tried. <laughs> I think for me was out of Turan. I was like, what? Sign? Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Some PTSD yeah, but, right there. <laughs> but on, on the other hand, I think the player I fell for quickest was Umtiti. And he has broken my heart in so <laughs> many ways. I, I loved it. I mean, you know, he was one of the players that has left Barcelona. He's now in the Italian league. But again, yeah, I felt the same way because I was already like planning our wedding together, essentially, you know, like I was, <laughs> yeah. I was already like, wow, this guy's going to be the next Puyol 10 years. Oh my gosh. And yeah, unfortunately the injuries happen. Well, yeah. uh, after the break, we're going to do a quick preview of the Sevilla match that's going to happen this Saturday night. Hey, kool this is Gabriel from the Barca Talk podcast. Do you know that when you join our Patreon community, you get access to our dynamic international WhatsApp community? If you're a Barca fan without a local Pena, or looking to connect with Barca fans like you, then consider joining our Patreon community. It's only five bucks a month. Join our WhatsApp community and connect with Kool-Aids like you who love talking Barca every single day, and especially during the matches. With our WhatsApp group, you have access to connect anytime, and since our group is international, someone will definitely respond immediately. Every morning, one of our patrons, Kim, shares the daily Spanish newspapers, and what I find the best part of the WhatsApp community is during the matches where there's instant feedback from our active community. So join our Patreon community. It's only five bucks a month. The link is in the show notes. And thanks for supporting the podcast. All right. So Barcelona head to south of Spain to the Ramon Sanchez Pizjuan. I love saying that name. They're going to face Sevilla, 9.30 local time here. Still late night kickoffs because it's still hot here in Spain, Diana. So that's the late kickoff, 9.30. What is going on in Sevilla? I mean, you know, really quick, there was a weird press conference that happened on Tuesday, I believe, where Munchie was showing selfies that he has with Lopetegui about saying, oh, yeah, we're still, you know, we still talk. Look, here's a selfie. And he showed it in the press. <laughs> he showed it in the press. And then today... Lopetegui was having his press conference and he was asked about the selfie. This is the type of thing that's going on in Sevilla. What's going on in the south of Spain with this team? Because this team usually is, this stadium is a scary place to play usually for Barcelona in the past. They usually play them very tough, but I'm, I'm definitely not scared of this team this season. I generally want to err on the side of caution with everything because, you know, I mean, as a Liverpool fan who experienced, oh, no, it's United, they're shit, you're going to beat them. <laughs> and then we went to Old Trafford, and that happened. So I'm not saying, like, even before that game, I was the same, but in general, I'm a person who says, let's not make people more angry than they should be. <laughs> 
So yeah, Sevilla are in a bad place right now, but you know, it's always a big team and a, as you said, a scary stadium to go to. But they had trouble scoring goals last season. They didn't fix that in the summer. I mean, they sold their they lost. sold their striker. I mean, that's the thing. They're like, exactly. we need more goals. We're gonna sell Ocampo. So here you go. Yeah, and then they sold their defense. Uh huh. And uh, so yeah, that's what what's happening with Sevilla. It feels weird. I mean, this is all connected to the fact that Sp Spanish football is in a bad place in general, because Sevilla always buys and sells players, but this isn't that. This feels like okay, it's time to sell as much as we can, and we'll see what players we can get through the door. Betis had trouble registering players, like they registered William Carvalho's renewal last night at 12 or something. Yeah. And everybody in Spain is going through a very difficult time financially, and Sevilla is one of those clubs, so they couldn't do in the summer what they normally do, like, you know, just get the next best scouted player that they have watched for the last last three years. They just had to make do with lower cost and selling for what they can and that's what's happening right now yeah i think that uh, lopetegui is on really thin ice i mean the fans weren't big on him even before this happened and now this, this start of the season seems to be like just terrible i mean i i one of my deepest wishes and wants was lopetegui staying at real madrid longer than he did because what he did to the spanish national team i could never ever forgive because Diane, I don't know if you know, one of the reasons I moved here to Spain was to consume World Cup culture in a country that loves World Cup. And for him to do what he did to the Spanish national team the one time that I was so excited for the World Cup, I can never forgive. And so I'm not the biggest Lopetegui fan. And like you said, he is on thin ice also for just obviously for performance issues uh, with the team. And again, like you said, Sevilla usually does a great job of selling and buying and scouting those players and they just haven't done that this summer again for example bringing in isco you know i was excited to see isco leave real madrid because i thought him you know leaving real madrid to go to another team i was seeing like cadiz or something like this i think he could have really flourished but to see him in sevilla i don't know where he fits and okay yes i'm still cautious about this team because yes it's a tough place to play <laughs> but i'm feeling confident about this road uh match tomorrow night let's hope you're right and um, <laughs> all my Anxiety is misplaced, <laughs> you know. I mean, I I definitely think that uh, it's a weaker Sevilla than ones in previous seasons. That I would agree with, but I'm always weary about playing teams when they're wounded. Yeah, it's a good point. That's a good point. And you know, I think with all this momentum that Barcelona is riding with, just closing this window, the way they've played in the last two matches, I think Coolies are very excited about this upcoming month because October is going to be a gauntlet of matches. So we need to get as many points, especially to keep with Real Madrid for La Liga title. Well, Diana, thank you for joining me on short notice. It's good to see you. Hopefully we'll see each other soon and keep doing the good work on Twitter. It's good to see you too. And hopefully we'll see each other soon. I'll talk to you. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.